0: You're now tuned in to VC Cheat Sheet, the podcast that gives entrepreneurs straight-to-the-point information and behind-the-scenes access on raising money. Brought to you by the Center for Urban Entrepreneurship and Economic Development at Rutgers University.
1: You're listening to VC Cheat Sheet, and I'm your host, Melissa S. Jackson. If this is your first time listening, then thank you for tuning in. And if not, thanks for coming back. The goal of the podcast is to help Black and Latino-led startups gain insight into the world of venture and private capital through mentorship and advice. Come back often, and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter at the queue that's T-H-E-C-U-E-E-D. All the links are provided in the show notes at bccheatsheet.com. Now let's get into the show. Sheena Allen is not your typical success story. Her background wasn't in programming or coding, but she was able to build an app company from sketches in her notebook. And she did it from rural Mississippi, not Silicon Valley or New York City. Now she's looking forward and executing on a new company called Capway. It's bigger than tech. Its mission is to bridge the gap for financial literacy to lower income populations here in the U.S. Sheena talks about life after raising the first time and how she used her previous wins as leverage. Take a listen. Capway. So tell me about Capway. So Capway is
0: a financial technology company. Okay. Well, we consider ourselves a financial health company. So a lot of fintech companies do like one thing great. So think about PayPal. They send money. That's what they do. Uh, And most companies, whether it's fintech or any company, they do like one thing great. And for us, we actually offer various with numerous products and services. Mm-hmm. And like a lot of our investors or people say, well, why do you do that? Companies do one thing great. But for us, we focus on an underserved market. And so for us, we define underserved as three different people. Um, those are people who are living paycheck to paycheck. And so we call those people like economic survival. It's just like, I'm just trying to make it to the next like paycheck. Like a lot of people. To make it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the unbanked, which is people who do not have a bank account. Mm-hmm. And then the underbank, which is people who have a bank account, but they still have to rely on alternative financial services so like payday lending, check cashing. So those are the three categories we define in our company as being financially underserved. So because our company focuses on that market, it's really hard to just offer one product. The truth is, there's so far outside of... Mainstream the financial system that you can't offer in one product because they gonna get one thing, but then what about when it's time to get the next thing? They got to go try to find somewhere else. For us, it was about let's try to offer it all under one company that they can actually trust and understand because with that market, once they find something they like and that works, they're very loyal to it. But now they're loyal because now they're learning financial literacy. But what about when they need a bank account? So, right. or what about when they try to learn by credit? It's for us, it's offering so many products and services that actually cater to them under one roof. So it's about having a financial health company, not just having like one product or one service.
1: Okay, so that's Capway. Now, you but you started off developing your own apps. You founded Sheena Allen Apps, correct? Right. So how did you get from there to here where you are at Capway? Talk me through what that looked like.
0: So Shinna Allen App started when I was in college, the University of Southern Miss. Mm -hmm. And my idea for that was I really wanted to grow it out to be this like this really big like media entertainment company. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just had a really hard time raising. I bootstrapped that company, um, generated means with downloads, spent a little time in Silicon Valley then spent a year in Austin, Texas. But raising money was just really hard, and I decided that I was going to continue to just bootstrap it, and it was still growing. I mean, to this day, it still generates you know tens of thousands of downloads every month. Mm -hmm. Um, But I left Austin. I went back home to Mississippi because I was getting really frustrated with trying to raise money. Right. Um, It was while being at home in Mississippi. I ended up going to Kroger, which is a grocery store. Um, I don't know if they're here up north. They're not south, but down south. I know the south is really really big. Sandwiches. Yes, (laughs) really big in the south. And I remember going to Kroger, and there was a line, but the line wasn't to, it wasn't there to, you know, buy your groceries. It was to cash checks, because you can cash your checks at Kroger. Mm-hmm. And being from Mississippi, I'm very familiar with that process. People cash their checks at the grocery stores, convenience stores, mm-hmm. wherever, you know. My, wherever they my, can get the money. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and not only am I familiar with, from being in Mississippi, but I have family members and friends and neighbors who, mm-hmm. you know, are part of that market. Um, well, for some reason, being older and I guess having Shanella Allison been an entrepreneur at this point, I found it was it sparked the interest that I, it never sparked seeing it, you know, 10 years ago. And I started doing research and growing up, I just thought it was a Mississippi thing. You know, Mississippi was always known as the poorest state. And it's just mm-hmm. something that we did but doing research. I was like, this is not a Mississippi this thing. Everywhere. This is everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, it's 160 million Americans who are considered financially underserved based on the three tiers that we that we have. And then it's about 3 billion people worldwide, considered financially underserved, And so it just, it took my interest to an entire different level. Um, and so I shouldn't have asked really fun. I had trouble raising money. Mm-hmm. Capway was more about social impact, but it was about changing lives, but also been had a chance to make money too. I mean, the market is like $340 billion market. Right. So it was like, you can literally change lives and you can make money. And we knew that people had failed at doing it. I mean, there, Wells Fargo's tried it. Chase has started. I mean, tried it. I mean, it's not, I mean, when you say tried it, tried to capture the, yeah, the underserved Yeah, the underserved. You know, it's, it's not like we're the first to try it. I mean, there's people even now trying it. Mm-hmm. But for, for me and my co-founder, which is from Clarksdale, Mississippi, we knew we had something different. And we were from Mississippi. While most people think like this, you know, that kind of gives you a bad side to it. It gives you a good side. Because Mississippi is the number one state. For unbanked, underbanked residents. Okay. So we have the highest population. Mm. So we understood it from a different perspective. Right. Than someone who was running Wells Fargo. You we have that
1: domain experience. Exactly. It's
0: connected to that audience in a way that, you know, the CEO of Wells Fargo just couldn't be. He just, he, right. was, he was probably born with a golden spoon in his mouth. He comes from generational wealth. Whereas for us, we can go talk to our grandmother who never had a bank account and ask her why, the who, the what. Um, So we was able to build
1: this company from just a whole different
0: perspective.
1: Right. So now you're in a process where you're currently raising? So we raised on a safe, pretty much what we
0: call, we consider our pre-seed round. Okay. Um, So now we're doing a lot of things, getting ready to go into our seed round.
1: Yeah. So, what is what's your definition of seed round for this particular company? Because when you talk to certain people, seed hey. round could be like a million dollars, and then you talk to other people, and seed round could be like a thousand. So, this is true. So, regions are definitely takes a a big jump
0: on what we consider it. So. For us, we did a pre-seed round of $100,000. Okay, okay $100,000. Um, which, like right. in New York and California, that is pre-seed. That's not considered a seed in any way. Mm-hmm. For our seed round, we're going for $1.5 million. Um, and that's actually to bring on some more of our products. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also to expand what we're doing on our service side, which is more the financial literacy side and working mm-hmm. with partners. Um, we work with partners in four different sectors, uh, financial institutions. Um, employers, so people think about like a McDonald's or a Burger King, right, most of their employers right, right. are going to be considered financially underserved. Okay. Um, we try to work with, um, universities and colleges, especially community colleges, because you think about the average person who goes to a community college, probably it's first generation. Um, they probably didn't have a lot of money, so they tried to keep down the cost. They went to a, a community
1: college, uh-huh. um, and then community-based organizations. Right. So, those are the four we work with. So, you said something earlier. You said you had a safe. Like, is that a physical safe? Like, what does that mean <laughs> in the whole tech world? Because I'm trying to... So, a, a safe agreement uh,
0: was okay. actually made popular by YC, Y Combinator. Okay. And it's future equity. Okay. So,
1: there's, it's pretty much like you don't have a valuation yet. Right. Uh, so, you're kind of raising before. And valuation meaning you're not necessarily right. confident on your numbers on how, what exactly. you will look like five, exactly. ten years from now. Exactly. But... You know that.
0: So you know, and sometimes there's a cap. So for our safe, we had a cap of a million. Um, but it was like I said, it was made properly by YC. Some investors hate safes, some mm-hmm. people love it, but every you no, know, everybody has their opinion. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean for us, we we were happy with with the safe that we raised on. Um, it was good to get us where we're going. It's really hard to raise pre product, first off, and it's ten times harder to raise pre product when you're a black female. Right. So to be able to raise that 100000 on that safe was amazing for us.
1: So, and I find that a lot, right? So, women of color. So, you were a little different with, particularly with Sheena Allen Apps. You bootstrapped even the development of that mm-hmm. company. Like, you started off just write, taking notes and writing things down right. and just very bootstrapped. Um, but to your point, raising before you have a product is hard. So, like, how did you do it? Well, Sheena Allen Apps, like I said, it was bootstrap. I took a loan from my dad for
0: $3,500. Um and okay. I just built from there. Right. Um I never got outside funding ever. Mm-hmm. And I just I, I made money, I put it back into the company. But at the end of the day it was my company i a hundred percent. But I will say, you know, on a hundred percent of almost nothing is nothing. While the company made money, we would definitely profit we made money. Um it definitely could have made more money, I felt, if we would have had the right investors and resources to come in. Mm-hmm. But with Capway, I think what really made us different was the investors that we had, they understood our vision. Right. Uh, What was so important for us when getting investors, and I think it's really hard as a black female or just raised in general, is that a lot of people, people offer them money for investments. And they're like, they need it so bad. They just take it. And, you know, I had people that told me I was crazy because we didn't take money from certain people and we didn't take it because when we sat down with those investors, They understood there was a $340 billion market, Mm -hmm. but they truly didn't understand what we were doing. And that's why you didn't take the money. That's why we didn't take it. Because not all money is good money. Exactly. It was almost like we were kind of like the black token. So I was like, you understood the market. You were black so they can identify with you. We're going to make a lot of money. Which is fine. That's the business side of it. But to me, it's it's two sides to it. Right. Because you did say impact. Exactly. It's also about the impact of it. So... Smart money, for, for one. Mm-hmm. You know, if you give me $100,000 but you don't offer me anything along with $100,000, I can just go out there and blow it because I don't have any, the right resources.
1: So it's what just, are the other just, things you're looking for besides money? Because sometimes people think if I had $100,000, I'd be great, but then they don't have the mentors. Or the exactly. Network. Okay.
0: And, and one of my mentors actually told me um, when I was trying to raise money for my first startup, he said, well, one thing you can do when you get money is spend it. Mm-hmm. you got to have more than just the money. right? Um, so that's very true. Mentors are really, really important. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have really great mentors, um, advisors, our board of advisors. It's really, really vital to what we do. Um, partnerships is really big for us. Partnering with people has been a big part of Capway because it's, it's not like we're here to beat out the banks. That's not our goal. Mm-hmm. We actually want to work with banks. It's just we want to work with banks to get them to understand we're working with you. With the resources that you have from your banks, but we're bringing it to you off of this is the perspective and this is what we do for the market that we serve. Because for think about the average bank, mm-hmm. you know they're looking at that forty year old who's going to be loyal to them for forever. The average twenty year old does not even go into a branch. The average person who is even thirty who's been stuck on payday lending, they are intimidated by banks. They don't like banks. You know, banks say predatory services include payday lending, check cashing. But you talk to people who use those, those services and they think banks are predatory. Mm-hmm. So it, it's us bringing it to them from where we understand where we stand with our customers mm-hmm. and also what they do. It's kind of combining them to work better for who we're
1: serving. Right. So as you're as you're working to raise money for that million-dollar seed.
0: <laughs> Which is a lot. when it, Not a lot for everybody,
1: but for us, you know. Right. Based off history, it's a lot. Right, right, right. So talk me through what are some of your challenges? Because you said a couple of times in this interview that raising money as a Black woman has its challenges. Yes. And I think some of them may be obvious to people, but some of them, you know, aren't so pronounced. So what are some of the pitfalls that you've run into in the last few months
0: um the biggest thing that's like i just said earlier is getting people to truly understand what we're doing Mm -hmm. um they've heard about people talk about financial inclusion all the time but to truly truly understand it has actually honestly been one of the biggest challenges Mm -hmm. because you have to think when you're going to sit down at that table with the average investor they probably have $500 Five hundred million dollars, mm-hmm. you know, in assets or money that in their fund for that particular fund, and you're trying to get them to understand that there are people who still keep money in their mattress. Yeah, and for some of them, like nobody
1: does that in 2017. You have to be like, yes, people, in particular, because that's cultural too. Because exactly. I know my dad was like, make sure you have money, and like, I'm a I'm a <laughs> digital person by nature, right? Like, I don't have cash on me right now, but. Banking-wise, I'm like, oh, let me just PayPal it to you mm-hmm. or do something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, that's definitely... And it's, it's really
0: hard because you think about what's big right now. Mm-hmm. Uber, Lyft, right. um, Wars, everything's done like on Airbnb. You just go to somewhere, it's like on domains, click it, you pay for it, we're done. But then think back to those, not the $160 because that includes the paycheck. Think back to the $60 million who are unbanked and underbanked. They can't call an Uber because in order to get an Uber, you have to attach your Uber account to either your PayPal or a card. Mm -hmm. I don't have one. I don't have a bank account. I don't think Mm -hmm. I have a prepaid debit card at the most. So they can even participate in modern society. Mm -hmm. So while the average investor is looking for the next Uber, we're trying to explain to them about people who can't even get an Uber because they don't even have
1: the resources to get in. And, so, and that's so true because being from New York, like, I would never think about that. Like, mm-hmm. people don't have credit cards to connect to the Uber. Okay, cool. And so it's, it's almost like most investors are at a level seven. They're looking
0: for the such and such of Uber or the such and such of Airbnb, and we're trying to bring them back to a level three, say, we have to get people here because they can't even get to the level seven because they don't know the basics of what's going on. Don't get me wrong. Once again, you throw the number of $340 out there and they listen, but they have to understand the other side of it. You know, we talk about unconscious bias all the time. Right. And that's true. If I'm coming in from Stanford and I had this idea and you did the same thing 20 years ago Mm -hmm. and we're both white males, you look at me and say, I see myself in him. Mm -hmm. The idea is there... the product isn't there, but I see myself in him. Like, I know if I give him this money, it's going to happen. Because mm-hmm. I know that market, I, I I see it. Whereas I come in as a black female from Mississippi, and I say, I am trying to help people who do not have a bank account. They don't understand the basics of finance. Right. And they're looking at me like,
1: "Do Do you think in the VC world, it's less about the company and more about the the, the white maleness or... The maleness, at least,
0: of I, the business. Of, if I said there's a 100% of there was 100 VCs, I think 80% of those, eight of those VCs, is going to come down to the person. Mm. I think there are a few who truly care about the product. Because okay. at the end of the day, the product does matter. Don't get me wrong. And I think even people, the 80 they care about the person. They still care about the product that the person is doing. But I think they look at that person first. Now, mm. even our investors now, all of them will tell you, I. Put my money on you. Mm-hmm. Like, I know that you're going to take this company to the next level. Mm-hmm. The company is great. The product is great. What you're offering is great. But
1: are you the right person to lead it to get that product there? So, what do you think it is about you that they um, that they're investing in?
0: I'm everything that no one thought I would be. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been in Silicon Valley. I have my first startup, which actually was a success based off of the numbers. Right. But I also come from somewhere in Mississippi who understands a different side of it. Mm -hmm. Um, So being able to understand both worlds, most people can't do that. You can take even the richest now out of New York or California, and they would never understand the other side of it. Mm -hmm. For me, I'm able to understand. I can sit down with you and I can do a presentation with a pitch deck and I can talk numbers. I can talk about saves and and seed and series A, but I can also go back to Mississippi or go to one of the worst neighborhoods. And I can also identify and talk to them and get them to understand. So it's the the best of both worlds that I can bring to one to
1: build a product Mm -hmm. um, that I think that most people just probably couldn't do. Who, who, and you don't necessarily have to say names. If you you can, it'd be great. But who mentors you, particularly other women that you look up to that you think have gotten you from, you know, Sheena the Bootstrapper to Zena the, you know, million-dollar fundraiser? Um, She's actually...
0: She hasn't been a mentor for long, probably a few months, but she's absolutely amazing. Her name is Melissa Bradley. Mm -hmm. Um, She actually used to be a VC. Now she actually teaches at Georgetown out of DC. Mm -hmm. Um, And she's just absolutely amazing. One thing that I like about her is she's so blunt, Mm -hmm. but it's not like a a rude way. Mm -hmm. It's just like, listen, matter of fact. Yeah, if you're going to make it, you need to do A, B, and C. Mm -hmm. You know, don't come to me half assing it, Mm -hmm. don't waste my time. Right. Um, but it's in a motivational way. It's just, it's so positive. So, for, number one, honestly, for me, would be Melissa Bradley. Okay. Um, another one of the ladies, she's actually based out of here in New York, is Federica Faust. Mm-hmm. She took over Power Moves. Um, she's a young black lady, absolutely amazing. And she was a VCE also before, um, before she took over Power Moves as CEO. And actually one of our investors, um, she does real estate though, mm-hmm. but uh, her name is Camille Renshaw wow. and she, but she, she works with tech companies all the time. Mm-hmm. And just to see like what she's done, like when she went to real estate, she focused on the underserved market and she's made, made amazing, you know, good money. Mm-hmm. But the impact that I got to see that she's made is, is just motivation because like
1: I've made a lot of money,
0: but I've changed so many lives in the process doing of doing that.
1: it. Yeah. Have you seen there there be this shift, particularly with women in tech, in the support system, and the network surrounding women helping women raise money or build companies? Um, I would say yes.
0: I, I think now that the spotlight is on it, it's more people mm-hmm. are really out to help. Um, I think people were helping before. I think now it's more of a spotlight on it mm-hmm. that... um. People will definitely come out and say, well, how can I help? What can I do? Because a lot of times you're not asking for anything. You just sometimes you just want a connection. Can you make an introduction for me? Like sometimes it is just as important as me asking you to give me $100,000. Mm. I just might need you to make this connection for me. Because if I want you to introduce me to, to Susan, if I email Susan, I might never get her email back. Right. It's but that warmly. Yeah, exactly. But okay. if you introduce me to Susan and if she might email me back like the next day and now I got a connection I could have never gotten
1: mm-hmm. before
0: then. So just the networking and helping
1: to fundraise and mentoring I think is definitely increasing, which is great. Okay. So for other women who are looking to go from bootstrapping, which is a struggle in itself, to raising for raising a fund, what would you what would you be what would you say the top two things um, they should be aware of, cognizant of um, something you wish you would have known maybe a year ago before you started raising.
0: For one, don't go in with just an idea. Mm-hmm. Now, while you know I just sell cap, okay, I, I raised pre-product for Capway. I also was able to prove through my first startup, right, that I can build a company. Okay. Um, but this was my first company. There was no way I was going to raise money. Right. Cause you had I, leverage. I had leverage. Right. I could, I showed that I can actually compete in the tech world. Mm-hmm. Um, but for people that this is their first time coming in, especially as a woman, do not go in with an idea and think that someone's going to just give you money. Okay. Because you already have to take 10 extra steps So definitely don't go in with just, you know, this idea and don't really have all your ducks in a row Mm because it really just it honestly makes you look bad. Mm -hmm. That's for every entrepreneur, but it definitely is even worse as as a woman, as a black woman. Got to be very, very smart with your resources. Uh, One thing that I've had men and women, but especially speaking to um, black women is. We kind of ask for favors when we're not ready for that favor. Mm. I think it's so important that we make sure we're ready for that. So if if I say, Melissa, I need you to make an intro mm-hmm. to to Anthony. If you make the intro to Anthony for me and I have, I'm just not there ready for the intro, Anthony's going to look at you crazy. Right. He's not going to look at me crazy. Right, right, right. So I think it's really, really important that we ask for favors or we ask for that that connection we're truly ready for. Because the world, especially the tech world, it's smaller than people think it is. Mm. So you kind of get one, maybe two chances and after that, like you're done.
1: Yeah. So you will be very, very smart with the resources and the connections that you ask for. That's really important. And I read something else that you had said in another interview about failing, right? And I think particularly for women who always kind of get the pushback and just feel like I can't raise or no one's listening to me. How do you deal with failure? What are your thoughts on failing fast? Um, You know, putting something out there, but being okay with not totally getting exactly what you wanted.
0: Um, I won't say that I, I encourage failure. This probably doesn't sound too well, but I do encourage failure because you've learned so much from Mm -hmm. failing. Mm -hmm. Um, One thing I say, I I tell people all the time, people ask me about mentors. Mm -hmm. I say, well, I have mentors who are very, very successful, Mm -hmm. and I have mentors who fail. I appreciate the ones who fail just as much as the ones who've been successful because Mm -hmm. there's something you learn through failure that teaches you something that, you know, you can't learn anywhere else. It's
1: different than saying Mm -hmm. not putting your A game out there. That's not what you're saying. You're not saying go out there and totally make an ass out of yourself. No, 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 no. no. (laughs) But if
0: it doesn't work... You know, some people call it a failure. Some people call it a lesson. I call it a lesson. Okay. But be okay if you, you know, if you, in your mind, you're going to do 100,000 downloads in six months and you got 10. Um, something wasn't right, but learn from it. Okay. It's not like you said, oh, my gosh, I failed. I'm never going to try it ever again. Like, I suck at this. No, something wasn't right. You know, pick yourself back up. Go back and truly study what didn't work, what you did wrong. Try it again. Right. Um. But fail fast. I do say fail cheaply, fail fast. Meaning, move on when you know you, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you don't. Don't just sit there and cry about it. It's okay. People fail all the time. Mm-hmm. Trust me. There's stuff that Facebook puts out now that you probably never sees the light of the day or gets out there and it just completely like flops. I mean, poke. They put poke out what, like four years ago and it was like nobody used it, but they're Facebook. So, but I mean, no matter how big or small you are, everything's not going to work. It's mm-hmm. the truth.
1: Everything is not going to work. Learn from it. Keep it moving. Okay. And so since your new venture is Capway and it's very um, financial literacy focused, what's the one takeaway you want, particularly people of color and particularly women, to understand about money? What's your mission in that area? I think
0: it's especially just people of color in general. We're so far. We're so many steps behind when it comes to understanding money. Mm. And it's it goes back to the history. Yep. Everything from slavery to it's truly our history. It's not like we just woke up one day and it's black people and say, like, Oh, we don't wanna learn about money. Like, no, this was just kind of the way that it, it happened due to our to our history. Um, but what what we teach with our financial literacy is everything from understanding it's insurance, you know, should you have liability, should you have collision, what's the difference? All the way over to understanding credit. Mm-hmm. You know, some people feel like Oh well, I have a credit card, but I just don't use it. No, like if you don't have a major credit card, and you pretty much no credit is just as bad as having bad credit. Um, it's really about just understanding money and being able to go on, a, you know, on a level that you can compete with the others because um, we, the minorities have been left on the outside of the financial system for so long and there's a lot of things that we just don't understand. Mm-hmm. You know, as crazy as it is, I have no problem with admitting and doing this company, even I learn. Yeah. You know, I we sit and we do content all the time and we do videos mm-hmm. and we go out and do these focus groups and I learn as much as they're learning from me. You know, it's more of a different type of learning. So, you know, I, we did a focus group with kids and I asked, you know, who in the room parents does not have a bank account? And, you know, some kids would raise their hand. And I said, well, everybody who has their hand up, would you get a bank account? And most of them said no. And I said, well, why wouldn't you get a bank account? And, you know, one little kid said, well, I watched news with my mom. Mm -hmm. And I see what banks get robbed. And I don't want them to steal my money. Ah. Because in his mind, when banks got robbed, your money was also taken away. Because they don't understand FDIC Exactly, He didn't understand that. Um, and even speaking to like older, like, um, think about 50, to 60 year olds and just sitting with them and talking to them about how they get their social security check, but because they don't have a bank account and they don't have transportation, especially like in inner cities or in rural areas, they have to pay their, their check might be a thousand dollars. They pay their neighbor $20 to drive them to cash the check, Mm -hmm. which I got to pay a fee to cash the check. And they got to get a money order from the post office to send off, you know, the few bills they do have. And by the time you buy groceries, they're trying to live off of $20 to $20, $100 for mm-hmm. 30 days, which is, yeah. you know, it's, a lot of it's been heartbreaking, I'm, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But it, I've learned this much from them. It's what our platform is doing to help and to learn
1: and to teach them. So it's, it's a two-way street. Right. This sounds amazing. I'm looking forward to learning more about Capway. How do we stay in touch with you, follow you, know what's happening next?
0: Uh, so as far as Capway, the website's capway.co. That's .co. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me personally, my website is sheenaallen.co. I'm um, co. Facebook is backslash Sheena D. Allen. And Instagram and Twitter is at who is Sheena, S-H-E-E-N-A. Well, thank you for talking to me today, Sheena. Thank you for having me.
1: Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes so you can stay up to date on new episodes featuring more insiders. Have any questions? Leave us a comment on this episode at bccheatsheet.com. or you can tweet us at thecued that's t-h-e-c-u-e-e-d. Until next time be great and it's a wrap.